1: And welcome to the Pride of Detroit podcast, the Podcast as we call it. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing editor and the interim coach of this Podcast. It's free agency time. We had a full week of podcasts, but this is our big one. This is the big recap show where we're going to talk about everything that happened, kind of look at the full big picture, see where this team is compared to where they were before, see if they're better or worse. Again, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I'll be your host. With me today, and I think he's not ha- going through technical difficulties right now. I'm not entirely sure he's not. Okay, great. Ryan Matthews is with us. Is the rock guy. That's at Ryan underscore pod.
2: Hey, am I coming in all glitchy? You're fine
1: right now, thankfully. Uh, um, <laughs> y-
2: y- sure. Uh, okay. Okay. Sure. Very funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with us, we got a very special guest. We got a first timer on the show. But a lot of you in the Detroit Lions world will probably know who he is. You may know him from Lions Wire. You may know him from the Detroit Lions Breakdown podcast. You might know him as my Twitter wife. Eric Schlitt is here at Eric Schlitt on Twitter. Eric, how are you doing? Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it had been too long since I've seen your yeah. face. Even, I mean, I just joined your podcast a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, Still. I'm used to seeing you on a weekly basis. Yep. <laughs> All right, so like I said, uh we did a uh, we're doing a full recap today. We're going to go we're going to basically play an entire game this entire show. Um maybe games not the right word for it, but I like to call everything a game. Uh what Thank we're going to do is we're going to go position by position. It seems like it's more fun that way. Um and then we're just going to we're going to talk about the changes they made and then we're going to conclude at the end of each position group, did the lines get better? Did the lines get worse or did they about to stay the same? And then we're going to do a defensive recap. Did they get better worse or, de- or the same on defense? Same with offense. And then we'll get into the mailbag, obviously, as always. Let's start because I'm a wild card. Let's go from the back end to the front end of the defense because the defense obviously underwent the most change this offseason. And I want to start with the safeties because I think my favorite move happened at this position where lines traded for Daron Harmon. They also signed J-, J Ron curse. They may not have Tavon Wilson back. We'll see, but he at the, at the moment is the only departure. Um, let's go to you right away, Eric. What are your thoughts on, on the moves at safety? Um, do you like them as much as I do?
3: I know, I know. The yeah. Answers, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's the thing about Harmon is he offers a skill set that was missing. And, um, With Wilson, he was a a talented player and he served a purpose last year. He was very underrated in my opinion, but he is, I think he was, he was holding a place for Will Harris. And so I think Will Harris is a natural shift over to Tavon Wilson's role. And now you move Harmon into that single high role that allows Tracy Walker to roam free and as a joker, and you have a, nice trio of uh safeties you with curse you're adding another guy who has a little bit of versatility he's his ceiling is probably a safety three uh but again, he fits real nice into that Tavon Wilson role. He can also do a little bit of single high. That's not really his forte. But overall, adding two good players to a a, tr- a young trio that was already there. If he talk, if he add CJ Moore in, and all of a sudden, I think these are the five safeties that make the roster. Now maybe they add more competition, but I think they've done a really nice job of putting together a uh, group of players that complement each other. I agree with you. this is probably the one area where I don't think they need to do anything at all.
1: Ryan, are you feeling just as comfortable with the safety group right now without Tavon Wilson?
2: Um I would say that I'm pretty close to feeling as comfortable uh, as as Eric has kind of outlined for us. I just really would have liked to see Tavon Wilson come back, whether or not he was playing in a a more limited role or um, even if they were still maybe maybe kind of make a transition more fluidly throughout the season from like Tavon Wilson to Will Harris, just to yeah. have that depth there. I think that he'd be a great signing, but he's also, I mean, as Eric alluded to, he, he played, played really well last season, probably one of the more underrated players on the team and he deserves a full role and a full load of snaps and a, a, a contract that suits that as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see whether or not there is a market for him. And if there isn't a market, maybe he ends up coming back. It'll be interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of interested in that, too. And and he was starting to to become kind of a leader in that locker room. So it'll be interesting to see if um, Duran can kind of take over that. Obviously, he he speaks like a leader based on what he's already said to the Detroit media. You know, he had a teleconference and he had that interview with Tori That was really good. Um, but I, I mean, let, let's let's just ask the, the question of, of this show. Did the Lions get better, worse or, or the same at this position?
3: Go ahead, Eric. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you wanted to kick it to me again. Sorry. Um, sure. no, I'd say better.
1: I better.
3: Um, uh, I'd say better because um, just because of the position that that Harmon plays. Uh, like I said, Wilson is a good player, uh, and and I agree that it wouldn't be bad to to try and bring him back, even if the, even if there's not a clearly defined role for him. But the, I think they got better because this the ability to play single high. At a, at a high level is going to allow the younger safeties to blossom. And that alone, I think is an, is an improvement. Even if you think that that Wilson and Harmon are comparable level of players, uh, you, the, the fact that he can hold that single high down is I think a massive improvement.
1: And and before I throw it to you, Ryan, I, I think it's also worth not just comparing, you know, Tavon to Duran Harmon, but let's compare him to Quandre Diggs, because in a way, <clears throat> The trades that all worked out, it kind of worked out as just kind of almost a straight up trade for for Quandre Diggs for Duron Harmon. When you throw in all the draft picks that were that were mixed in there, um, so do you think the lines are better either with Duran Harmon instead of uh, Tavon Wilson or Quandre Diggs?
2: Um, I mean, I don't know if I can say that with certainty. I, I think with the way that things. Unfolded between Diggs and the coaching staff. Yes, I would rather have Daron Harmon than than Quandre Diggs.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. And, and I think the other point, and, and Eric kind of alluded to it a, a lot, is, is just like the fit, right? deron Harmon is a coverage guy. Lions have kind of been missing a straight coverage safety. Quandre Diggs wasn't that guy. Tavon Wilson certainly wasn't that guy. The last um, guy was Oliver Quinn. Right. Right. So, the, and in a way, that's who this is. And I don't know, crowning him as good as, as Glover Quinn is probably not accurate at this point in his career. I mean, this is probably going to be the first time he's a full time starter. And I do think he will be a full time starter. So, there is an inherent risk there. But I do think this is also an improvement. So, I'm with you guys. The Lions are better at safety. So, there we go. Lions are getting better. Let's move
2: on to cornerback. Is there a reason why we started with the back end? <laughs> Shut up, Ryan. <laughs> All
1: right, let's just move into it. Let's talk cornerback because I think we may be on the other end of the spectrum, but the lines did a little bit of uh damage control here. Obviously they traded Darius Slay. Rashawn Melvin has not been re-signed at this point. It's still possible that he comes back. Um, but they did bring in Desmond Trufant on a two year, $21 million deal. They brought in Tony McRae for special teams value. Where do the lines stand here? Um, I I guess rather than just ask you if they got better or worse, I think we can all agree that Desmond Trufant isn't quite as good as Darius Slay, but we have to talk about the value too, because decisions like this aren't made in a vacuum. Would you rather have Desmond Trufant at 10 and a half million for two years or Darius Slay for four years averaging somewhere? I mean, it's 16.6, the extension you throw in this year, it's probably closer (laughs) to like 15 million or whatever um considering they're both the same age they came out of the same draft class did the lines make the right decision here
3: eric yeah i think so because i don't think they were going to pay that 16.6 average and when you look at what they're paying um what they're paying true font it's actually a little bit under right um this year he's he's gonna his cap is, is um is a lot lower than than the 10 which is his average and i believe if you add in uh the the cap hit for getting rid of slay yep the current cap hit of TrueFont and the current cap hit of Harmon they still come under that 16.6 average that you're paying slay so from a value standpoint you're basically adding a, another starter uh from a salary, from a salary cap standpoint, you're adding another starter by moving on from Slay. But yes, he's not as good of a player as Slay. I, uh, I, if anyone is expecting him to be that, I, I think they'll be disappointed. Um, but from a value standpoint, yeah, uh, this gives them more stability, uh, into not just one year, it's a two year deal and you're saving enough money where you can pay another starter, maybe get another extension. So it gives them a lot more freedom to do extra, um, Extra stuff with that money,
1: Ryan. I think we kind of already dug into this in a previous podcast, so I'll just ask you straight up: How much of a downgrade do you think this is in terms of talent?
2: I want to think that it's not as big of a downgrade as it could be, and the reason I think that is because, well, for two reasons: one, Trufant on this two-year deal, he's definitely set himself up in a position to maybe make one more decent contract like this. So if he puts in two good years of film, I mean, he's either due up for a, you know, a re-signing or he's going to get some money somewhere else because he's going to prove himself as still a a really good cornerback and he'll be a veteran at that point. And you'd love to have a guy like that on your team. So I think that you have a motivated player who's playing on a shorter, shorter term salary and contract. And then the other thing is, I think if you think about Darius Slay last season, and I know that Darius Slay last season is not the Darius Slay that we all have come to know because that was not the elite play we're accustomed to. But I think if you're going to take 2020's Desmond Trufant and put him against 2019's Darius Slay, I, I think it's going to be an upgrade.
1: It very well could be that. And, and that's something that we also need to you know keep in mind. And we're definitely going to keep it in mind when we get to the defensive line, like, This defense wasn't good, so it required a a big overhaul, and we got a big overhaul just in the first week of free agency. Um, But I think we can all agree cornerback has been downgraded. Um, Maybe the value is is upgraded, but overall, the talent on cornerback so far, obviously the lines aren't done at cornerback, but um, at this point, definitely a downgrade. Let's move on to linebacker where... This was the most interesting part about free agency to me because we talked about it a lot this this offseason, Ryan. We all thought the Lions needed to line to upgrade their linebacking core. But we did not think the Lions thought that they needed to upgrade <laughs> their line their linebacking core. And they absolutely changed it. But did they upgrade yeah. it? So, so let's talk about linebackers. I'm gonna throw to you first, Ryan. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on, on Jamie Collins? Coming in, Devon Kennard going out. Is that an upgrade? Is that a downgrade? Is that a side grade? I mean, they don't necessarily play the same positions. What What are your thoughts on this trade? Essentially,
2: yeah, I I, I don't think they necessarily play that same position. Um, I think that Jamie Collins is going to come in here and serve a different role. So to to use them as one guy out and one guy in, has the talent been upgraded? I don't know. I mean, the last time we saw Jamie Collins go away from a team like New England and go to Cleveland. Things weren't so great. Uh, hopefully, the thought process is with a guy like Matt Patricia, who you know was there at New England when Jamie Collins was, um, you know, one of the premier names in, in football at linebacker. Hopefully, you get that level of play. the The release of Devon Kennard is still puzzling to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't necessarily put my finger on as to why, but if I'm going to say whether or not the linebacking corps has gotten better gotten worse or stayed the same. I would say that it's probably stayed close to the same because while there was, while there was visit while there was talent that came in, there was talent that went out.
1: Right. Um, Eric, I know this, this, the Jamie Collins signing was surprising to you given, given some of the things we had, we'd heard about, you know, his relationship with new England, maybe even Patricia. Yeah. Um, what what are your thoughts on that addition? Aside from that, because I think there's a lot of questions about where he fits in. Obviously, he fits in this defense, but where exactly? Because New England used him all over. He wasn't purely a jack there, um, but I think I think a lot of people think he might play there more here. Do the Lions have a jack linebacker right now that that will fill that role? Is it is it going to be Austin Bryan? Are they going to go find someone else? Just overall, this Jamie Collins stuff this whole linebacking core shift was, was a huge surprise to me and I'm I'm sure it was to you as well.
3: Yeah. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out why, uh, I went back and I watched a lot of Jamie Collins film in, uh, in new England last year. And, um, if you recall, I did a, a film study on the linebackers on the back half of the season. And I, what I was able to ascertain from that film study was that in the back half of the year, they started to try and shift their linebackers into different positions that they hadn't been in previously. For example, Jared Davis was almost hundred percent of the time playing at the mic, but then in the back half of the year, it was about 85% of the time he was at the mic and they started shifting him over to will um, Christian Jones Star saw a lot of shifts went from uh, Will to Sam to uh, he saw about 25% of his snaps at Jack in the back half of the year. And so you saw a lot of movement with him. You saw the same thing with Tavai, a lot of movement, but the two players that remained um, static were uh, Devin Kennard and, and Jared Davis. And the addition of Jamie Collins to me and looking at how they're using him, he, rarely lined up at the same spot on consecutive snaps right. and because he doesn't line up at the same spot on consecutive snaps you need other players around him that can adjust as well and new england has that and detroit really hasn't i think it's one of the reasons why they signed a, a christian jones to an extension i think it's one of the reasons they targeted uh to in the draft is i i believe they're looking to add more fluidity or more positional fluidity in their linebacking core and if I had to guess on why Devin Kennard is gone, my guess is that he only played Jack and they tried him at will um, off the ball and in, 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 like against Minnesota late in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was okay. I mean, but I don't, my assumption is that they don't believe he could stay as a, as a player that they could move into different spots like they can with Jamie Collins, like they can with Christian Jones, like they can with the And so My guess is that they're not going to have a permanent Jack linebacker, that they're going to push Collins into that role a handful of like 25% of the time. They're going to push Jones into that role 25% of the time. And then they're going to add another fluid positional linebacker like a um, Zach Bond or a Josh Uche or a Curtis Weaver from Boise State. If They add another one of these guys. Well, now Jared Davis, I think, is a bit in trouble. And I think that's a storyline we haven't talked about a whole lot Mm -hmm. is he has a reasonable contract now. I'm not expecting them to pick up his his extension. And if he can't prove to be more positionally fluid, then he takes away from what I think they're trying to accomplish, which is that disguise. I want to put three linebackers out there and not know where. And I don't want you to know where they're going to line up. I don't want you to know where they're going to come from. And Collins brings that. Uh, and, and that was the main focus. I think we're seeing a shift in the whole strategy on how to use linebackers. I don't think they could do it in year one of Patricia. I think they were started planning for it in year two. Now they're in year three. I think we're going to see a changeover to guys that can play multiple spots. Um, a little bit of everyone. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw it last um, spring. Remember when we were in, yeah. uh, in, in spring camp, we saw to buy everywhere, right? Right. Now we didn't see it as much during the season, but in camp, we saw it a ton. And yeah. I think we're really going to see to role get expanded a ton more this upcoming season. And, and that's the direction I think they're headed. That's why, um, UJ and, and bond are, are so appealing to me at 35, if either one of them are there, I, I could see the lines taking one of those guys. And then Jared Davis is put on notice.
1: Yeah. And and it's interesting you bring that up. Cause I was going to mention, like we've been promised different looks and, and different lineups and and players getting moved all around for two straight years now. And we haven't really seen it. Yeah. We've seen very static lines defense, which is interesting because coaches still say like, you know, this lines defense, it's, it's unpredictable. They got so many different formations, but we're not really seeing it. And, And even with the Duran Harmon signing, I think that plays into it too. Now, now they're playing around with everything. And that's why I think this is still an improvement. I think the lions improved at the linebacker position. I think they're better. Um, The the other thing that, that I brought up on previous podcasts is they're kind of tailoring a little bit more towards a pass defense, right? With the Duran Harmon signing. That's, that's a coverage thing with, uh, with Collins, Collins, he can rush the passer yeah. and he can drop into coverage. So that's both an improvement upon Devon Kernard, who really wasn't good at either of those things. So I think this is not a huge improvement, but a significant improvement at the linebacker level.
3: I agree. All right, I'm let's move you, on to 100%.
1: the let's move on to the defensive line. Edge position. I know you could throw Jack linebacker into the edge position, but in this case, we're going to keep him separate. Right. All the moves that the Lions made at the edge position. <laughs> nothing they didn't make any moves yet they have been completely quiet um so we're just going to move right past it. we're going to say they're the same maybe there's a move coming in the future we'll talk about that when it happens so let's move to the defensive interior because that is the mo- the, the position they got overhauled more than any this this uh free agency out goes snacks out goes a mike daniels is still in limbo at this point they bring in danny shelton their new nose they bring in nick williams who's a great story Ryan, we haven't heard from you in a bit. What's your thought on this overhaul, this necessary overhaul on the defensive interior, but uh, did the lines do good enough job?
2: Ugh, you just have to think again, and I bring it back to the point I made about Trefant and Slay. Like if you think about the level of Slay's play in 2019, think right. about it the same yeah. way with Snack's level of play in 2019. Are you going to get something that's going to be better than that out of Danny Shelton? And I think that it would be fair to say yes for two reasons. One snacks had a really down year and two, like Danny Shelton's a good player. I don't think that he's an elite player. I don't think that he is anything more than a good fit for a Patricia defense. And I think you have him. And then adding Nick Williams is going to be, I think Nick Williams is truly his like cornwash signing of the (laughs) off season. And I don't mean that, I don't mean that he's necessarily going to fail, but I think it's one of those, Hey, this guy had a really good, year in like limited snaps let's see if we can expand his role and all of a sudden you know that type of production is extrapolated over the course of an entire season and then all of a sudden you have a really good get along the defensive line so um i would have to say that i view this and the only reason i view this as an upgrade is because of the level of play that they
3: got out of this position a year ago
1: i think that's fair uh eric do you feel the same
3: i feel that I don't know if I'm ready to call it an upper upgrade just yet, but I also don't think they're done at the adding to the position. And I think that you add one more talented player and now all of a sudden, yeah, this is an upgraded position then for sure. Uh, Especially when you look back to the financials, right? You've lost Mm -hmm. uh, some big overhead in snacks and Asian and you added again, two guys that you could have, that you had invested in just one prior you've, You've also got a little bit more versatility in Danny Shelton. He can move a little bit more than Snacks could. While Snacks was uh, a good anchor, he lacked that lateral quickness that Danny Shelton has. Yep. And Nick Williams very much is a. Uh, you're hoping that he can replicate uh, the the light bulb that went on last season. I mean, you could say the same thing for Sheldon too. He's always been a good player, but the light bulb really came on last season. Um, a lot of these moves that the Lions have made have been. Last year, this guy did really good, and our guy did really bad. Our guy's gone, new guy's in. That, that, right. and we want to hope build on, on, on what that guy was doing. So, uh, I'm going to call it even right now. But again, if they add a, a talented, um, defensive tackle in the first four rounds, yeah, I think this, this could easily shift as an arrow up, um, just by one more move.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of at the even level, maybe even a little bit of a downgrade because I there's just too many questions here. D- is Deshaun Hand ready to be a, a full-time starter, which it looks like they're kind of lining him up to be? Can Williams be more than that one-year wonder at age 30? And then, you know, Danny Shelton hasn't really been a full-time nose either. So um, they're kind of expecting a lot out of these guys to, to take a step up or at least maintain their high level of play and, and you know, that doesn't always happen. You know, progress isn't always up in the NFL. Sometimes people drop back. I mean, last year was a great example of where we thought the Lions had a really talented defensive line and it just didn't come together on the field. So I think there's a little bit too much hope on this group. So I'm, I'm feeling a little bit less optimistic about it, but I do think there is potential for it all to work because there's a little bit more versatility as Eric mentioned. All right. So we're running up against it really quick guys. Let's take all the defense together. All the moves that they made, they made some huge moves. They let go of some very significant players. Has this defense gotten better so far, this free agency? Ryan, go. Uh,
2: downgrade because downgrade. no
3: no more Darius life.
1: Quick and simple.
3: Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say it's about even. Maybe even um, because of the players that I think they're going to add to this group, the fact that they're not done, it's it's headed in the right direction where I think it's going to be an up. But right now I'd say it's about even.
2: They, they, think, would need, they would need to, like, nail the draft for me in order for me to think that it's an upgrade on the defense, yeah.
1: It's Derek Brown, third overall. That does it. Mm, I will <laughs> fight
2: you through a camera.
1: <laughs> I think, I think it's I mean, kind of upgraded. I'm actually I'm very optimistic about what they've done on I the mean, back seven. Honestly, I think it's improved. I mean, obviously, the Darius Slay loss is, is there, but they've mitigated it in a good way. I think if they pick up Jeff Okuda at three, they're, they're fine at quarterback. Um, they might even be improved considering how poor of play they've gotten from their C B twos in the past. Um yep. So I, I I do think that I'm definitely more optimistic about this defense than I was in December.
3: I'm with you, man. I I I think because you gotta remember you're getting ideally if hand can stay healthy, that's another addition that you didn't have at all last year. True. And so that's like adding another guy who is a, a very talented player. He was so disruptive in, in the camps in spring and fall that that's going to be, um, that should be a nice upgrade. Assuming he can, uh, he can stay healthy.
1: True. But you know, if you're assuming your entire starting roster is going to be healthy, you're probably going to run into some disappointment, but we'll see um all right with that healthier than last year. hopefully <laughs> healthier than last year uh, but with that we're gonna take a break when we come back we're gonna to talk a little bit of offense they didn't quite make as any moves on that side of the ball so we might have some draft talk uh that we sneak into there too but uh, you'll have to stick around to find out we'll be right back And welcome back to the POD cast. It's our free agency recap week one recap, I should say, because more moves could could certainly be coming lines. Lions have a little bit of cap room. We might get into that a little bit later, but for now let's talk about the offensive moves because while the lines, most of their moves, I think six out of their eight free agency signings were on defense. They did make some moves on the offense and and some significant ones. So let's get into it. Let's start as most offensive lists start at quarterback. Um, Chase Daniels in Jeff Driscoll out. I don't have any opinions on this and I don't think most people should because it's a backup quarterback and I don't care, but I'm open to hearing other people's opinions. So Eric, why don't you tell me what to make of this backup quarterback change?
3: You know, I, I think people, there was a lot of uh, people that got unusually upset that the quality of uh quarterback play behind Matthew Stafford. Uh, it's never been anything that's really bothered me. I don't think you need to spend money at that position, but if, this addition of uh, chase daniel should appease some of uh, those noisy complainers about the uh, the backup
1: do you have any any opinion on the talent that they're getting in chase daniel as at least as it compares to maybe Jeff Driscoll or David Blau
3: my immediate opinion was He's good enough to spot start, but not good enough to challenge to start. And um, I mean, that's what you want in a backup, right? Uh, I, do I think he'll impede the development of David Blau? No, but I also think Blau, we figured out at the end of the year that Blau's a little bit further away than we wanted. You gotta love his competitiveness and his spirit. But um, I, I would have liked to dress Jeff Driscoll back, but I'm okay with Daniel too.
1: Ryan, any strong opinions on the quarterback? swat switch, swatch, switch,
2: switch, switch, switch. What are we doing? Uh, I don't know. You're getting boat raced right now though, brother. <laughs> All right. So here's what's going on. <laughs> I think Chase Daniel is, is nothing to write home about by any means. But one interesting thing is that you think that the lions are probably only going to keep two quarterbacks. So does that mean David Blau to the practice squad? And if so, that's a prime guy to be snatched up by another team. So, uh it's going to be it's going to be interesting um because I, I it's a foregone conclusion just follow the money that Chase Daniel is going to be the backup quarterback for the Detroit Lions next season.
0: Yeah.
2: But I'm somebody who was kind of vocal about it because we had to suffer through eight games of awful football <laughs> because they didn't have competent backup quarterback play, so I was somebody who wanted to see a backup quarterback come in here. Does Chase Daniel really move the Needle for me, no,
3: no, yeah. Look, th- there's not even thirty-two. quarter, but much less finding another thirty-two that are actually good backups. I, he can back up, in my opinion. He's he's better than what they've had in a while. Like I said, I still like would have I would have liked to seen Driscoll because I liked some of the, the what he offered with his legs. But I don't think that roster last year was would have won with Daniel either. I think it was just, um, they, they the, the the ship fell apart when Stafford got hurt, which is what we've, we've always said. Right. And so if, if he goes down again next year, is Daniel going to be that good? That's going to salvage it. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah, their pain. I'm like, it's a maybe. Yeah. Right, no, I think, no, but, but Tua, Tua could, Tua no, could come in not. and do no, <laughs>
1: it. No, We're not. Nope. I know you're just trying to get me to play the Tua theme and I'm not going to do it. Uh, I, I think the only opinion I have on this is that they're spending money on it. And I don't personally think you need to spend that much money on it. Um, there is an interesting clause clauses our, our chat mentions um, that it's, it's actually chase Daniel can get out of the contract after two years. It's a player option. I don't know why he would want to, um, but I think mm-hmm. there's a good chance he gets cut anyways that year. Uh, but yeah, to me, it's just, it's just a matter of them uh, spending money on the position. I think they spent a little bit too much on it, but it's not like, I'm, I'm of a full belief that the sailor cap is mostly a lie. If you want to fit a guy in, you can make it happen. And so the fact that they spent whatever on Chase Daniels $2 is, is a big shoulder shrug. Sure. Yeah, it's Look, it's, 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 a, it's it, not a big from, cap hit this year.
3: Yeah. It went from Blau making 675,000 to Chase Daniel making 2 million. So you're talking about 1.3 million to upgrade to Chase Daniel. I mean, it's, that's not that big of a deal.
1: Yeah. Uh, so really quickly upgrade downgrade the same
2: ryan
3: the same eric minor upgrade
1: the same all right let's move to running back um this is a position where i don't think they're done i would suspect that they're not done because they haven't really done anything the only thing they did was not give uh jd mckissick his restricted free agent tender of any type and so now he's off to washington so i guess my question here is what's next what are lines going to do? Are they going to dip into the draft in maybe day two and get themselves a guy that that maybe could hit the reset button since things aren't necessarily trending in a great direction for Carry on Johnson with all the injuries. They certainly don't know necessarily what they got in Bo um eric what what do you think is coming because obviously the lines aren't just going to stay put, are they?
3: No, I don't think they are. Uh, And with the loss of McKissick, the question is, what type of back are they going to be looking for? Are they going to be looking for a power back that can step up if Johnson or um, or Bo get injured? Or are they looking for more of a uh, third down gadget type back that could replace McKissick? I think there's some elements to Ty Johnson's game that can kind of fit into both roles. So maybe they're looking for a combo guy, um, to add to that, to that backfield. Um, but I think we've really seen a devaluing of the running back position, even more this offseason than we have in previous. Yeah. And because of that, I am expecting running backs to really take a hit in the draft this year. You know, we've, we've only seen like what, like, we saw Henry franchise tag, Drake was transition tagged. And then other than that, only five running backs have actually been signed. So, I mean, that really shows you what the league thinks of the running backs right now. Now you've got, uh, I don't know, six running backs that are maybe top, considered like top 100 guys, and maybe a lot of them uh, drop more because of uh, just the position isn't valuable in the NFL because so many teams are using committees. So. I don't know. I, they're going to add, I just, I'm not hundred percent sure which direction they're going. I know a guy like, um, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin would fill a lot of those needs, but you probably have to use a day two pick to get them. But again, you know, maybe they, maybe that's what they need because of the, the unreliability in their two and st- they're uh, starting to.
1: Ryan, the chat is screaming one name. Are the lines going to sign Devonta Freeman?
2: Ooh. I think that there is a, I think that there's a good possibility. And the only reason I say that is because I don't know if the Detroit Lions are willing to spend as high as a day two pick on another running back after what they've kind of been burned by with carry on Johnson. I think that what they're going to count on is they're going to count on this offensive line, which they still have one more hole to fill. Um, They're going to count on this offensive line to block for any running back that's back there. So I think, you could get a carry on Johnson. You could get a Devonta Freeman on the cheap. You have both Scarborough. You have a player who gets cut from training camp team that they signed and bring on. Because I think if they, if they wanted to address the position, they would do it in a big way. And I don't see them doing it in a big way in the draft.
1: Yeah, I think I feel the same way. Um, Devonta Freedom is, is a guy that they reportedly had interest in before, so it's certainly an option. Dion Lewis is a guy that has Patriots ties; certainly fills uh, a role that they could potentially need. But I'm not all that concerned. I mean, even if the Lions were to go in with carry on Bo, and Ty Johnson, I'm not I'm not too upset about that. Obviously, all those guys come in with with a fair amount of questions. So if you can get some depth, they can push all those guys. Great, um, but. Yeah, you know, I've made it clear what my feeling is on on running backs in general and their value in the NFL, and and to me, there's a reason why no one's getting signed and why Todd Gurley is getting cut and and all that sort of stuff. So, um, let let's just answer the main question here. We'll we'll go really quick here because we need to get to our other positions here. Upgrade, downgrade, or the same, Ryan?
2: Uh, I'm going to say downgrade because they didn't
3: do anything to upgrade it. Fair enough, Eric yeah i mean yeah you lost mckissick and haven't replaced him so that's that's a loss
1: easy enough let's move to tight end this is an interesting one because again they haven't made any proactive moves they did lose logan thomas their tight end three though he also went to washington guys are you cool with isaac notta as the tight end three or do the lines need to make another move here is tight end another need again for the third straight off season <laughs> Eric, let's go to you. First.
3: Um, I'll, I'll jump. Yeah, I'll jump in. Um, I do think they need to fill a third tight end. I don't know if Nauda is I'm sold on Nauda being that, that third tight end. I don't want to go to the draft. I'd rather see them add a veteran that you can, can you can construct their cap so that they, if Nauta does step up, you can lose that guy and, uh, and, and enroll with the, the sophomore there. But, um, yeah, they're going to add somebody, right? They're not going to, if they roll with the guys that they have, I would be surprised because there's a, there's, there's really no one that can touch Nauta that's on this current roster. So, um, I like David Morgan who played for the Vikings. I liked him in 2016. I thought he was a terrific player. I was mad when the Vikings uh, traded up and got him. And, um, the difficult part with him is he's coming off a knee injury and with things uh, being the way they are, can you get him medically checked? I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult thing to do in this day and age. So I'm not expecting a uh, a move anytime soon at tight end, or if they do make one, I don't expect it to be anything uh, that really moves the needle.
1: Ryan, what are your thoughts on, on the tight end position as it currently stands? Um, Maybe it increased because Jesse James is going to get more involved. I'm I'm, I'm stretching here. <laughs> what's what's going on at tight end? Are, are they done?
2: Uh, I can't say that they're done. They'll probably bring in camp competition for that third tight end spot. I think they probably like Nada. He has maybe some positional versatility, flexibility if you want to line him up in the backfield, maybe or do something yeah. fun like that. I don't know, but I know I'm not nearly as in love with Logan Thomas as you were. Um, I was just but, waiting
1: for the trick play, man. The trick play never happened. He's a quarterback. <laughs> what are you doing?
2: Well, well, you know what you're doing. You're signing Jesse James to maybe the worst contract that you've ever <laughs> you've ever given to a Detroit Lion, Bob Quinn.
3: Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I, I, I think Logan Thomas is. Let me jump in. Logan Thomas's best value, in all honesty, was on special teams, and that's if you can replace him. Uh, with a linebacker, because you've got 10 off the ball linebackers and a handful of them are really good on special teams. If you can replace his production with one of those guys, then that softens the need uh, for uh, to replace Logan Thomas. And then maybe you can roll with NADA. All
1: right. So I ask you the question again, did they improve? Did they get worse? Or are they about the same? Ryan, you first.
2: I would say they are about the same.
3: Eric? Yeah, for for me it's the same deal. They they lost a player that they had last year, so it's a slight downgrade.
1: I think it's fair to say probably a minor downgrade. We we did see a couple of good plays from Logan Thomas, but it's not like he was an integral part of that offense. Obviously he's some in on in on special teams a little bit as well, but that's somewhat easily easily replaceable let's move to wide receiver where more no things happened Um, uh, basically nothing has happened they haven't really lost a player except for curse who didn't play at all last year uh, and he could potentially even be re-signed do the Lions need to do anything in free agency is really the question or are they okay Ryan
2: do they need to do anything in free agency at wide receiver yep Mm hmm Yes, they do. I think what they, do they need, need to, to do? Get, I think they need to get like a Jermaine curse type. I think that they really He's need available. to have... A, he is available. I think that they should get some kind of veteran type presence to come into training camp and hopefully not get hurt because I think that having that reliability and that stability at the at, at the wide receiver position specifically, I mean, look what it did to have Danny Amendola here. I think if you were to have a guy who could have came in for Marvin Jones when he got hurt, maybe that would have helped out any, you know, backup quarterback that was back there, um, maybe win some more football games. And I know that at that point in the season, people are hoping that the Lions were losing football games. But if if the goal is to win football games, I think, getting a veteran wide receiver into camp, preferably a guy who plays outside the numbers. I think that would be a a big get for this team beyond the fact that I think they need to draft a wide receiver as early as day two in, uh, in the draft this year.
1: Yeah, And that's, that's the really the big other point is literally they have, I think nine wide receivers on the roster right now, and none of them are signed beyond 2020. So I know you're big into the idea, Eric draft. Who, who, I mean, I think you think they're okay with the roster for this year, but they need to start planning for next year and, uh, and they need to start doing it now. And this is obviously a great draft for it. So, so why don't you talk about some like day two options that the lines might, that would be a particularly good fit for Detroit.
2: Hey, or you could give us something at number three.
3: No. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I you've re, you're retaining your entire roster from last year, and you're you're hoping that you can stay healthy with Marvin Jones. You're hoping you can stay healthy healthy with Marvin Hall. You're hoping that Chris Lacey and uh, Fulcom can take another step, but yeah, you, I I think signing a veteran at this point would impede uh, the rookie that you're going to bring in because they're going to bring in a rookie. And and like you guys said, most likely a day two rookie. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if they double dipped at wide receiver in this draft class and added a day three rookie as well. And um, someone that could push like a a Travis Fulgham for that outside spot uh, to maybe to back up uh, Marvin Jones. But if you're looking at like, what guys on, on day two that, that really stand out to me, um, Denzel Mims from Baylor is a guy who really, I think tore up the combine in a lot of ways. He hit a lot of the markers that the lions look for from an athletic standpoint. And he was with the lions at the senior bowl. So that's a guy that is going to be, um, most likely higher on their board, uh, at the top of the at the top of round two, uh, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State is another guy who has inside outside potential. Uh, I don't want to say he's golden tape, but he has golden tape like uh, flexibility as far as position goes because he can play in the slot. He can be a vertical threat. Um, Jalen Rieger from TCU is another guy who can do multiple things, almost like again kind of like in that Tate role that they that we've seen in the past where he can do uh end arounds, rounds he can do screens he can uh have quick over he's not afraid to go over the middle and he's also not afraid to go deep those three guys kind of stand out to me at the top of uh the second round and i It wouldn't be surprising me at all if if any of them ended up uh, wearing a Detroit Lions jersey this uh, this fall. And then if you go to the third round, there's some other interesting names like Van Jefferson, who's uh, Sean Jefferson's son, uh, former Lion uh, receiver and, and receivers coach. And uh, then there's a a handful of slot guys like K.J. Hill from Ohio State. I don't know if K.J. Hamler would last that long, but again, he's a he's from Orchard Lake or Orchard St. Mary, something like that. He's from the area. Another guy who would be a very natural Danny Amendola replacement. I could definitely see um, uh, that that receiver get filled Early And then there's a, there's some really good guys on day three, too, because some of these guys, some of the receivers that were that hold like a day two value are going to slide into day three just because there's so many at the position. In, in years past, the average amount of receivers taken in the top 100 is around 12 and a half players. But most analysts right now have 20 of them with like top 100 grades and so it's the numbers say somebody's going to end up falling on into that early parts of day three but then even if you're not interested or if you know you're going in another direction at the top of day three there's still a handful of guys that are going to be there that are you know scheme specific that can fill that marvin hall role where they're have some blazing speed or they're that vertical threat uh and there's just there's a lot of there's so much variety in there so it's like 31 flavors except it's more like 52 flavors nice
1: always like the ice cream references uh (laughs) well i'm not even going to ask you if they got better worse or the same because it's literally the same crew uh with a a chance of upgrading in the draft we're just going to leave it at that now it's time to talk about the offensive line because that's where the action actually happened we're going to start with the tackles because maybe another mildly surprising move lines move on from rick wagner they get halapuli vati vitae on a five-year deal. Is that an upgrade? Was it worth getting rid of Rick Wagner? Um, because you could have obviously just added Vitae and kept Wagner. They save 6.1 million, but they're taking on a 5.8 million dead cap. Kind of a surprising move, but Vitae's hit, cap hits are kind of in the mid-range. They start low at 5.4, then they bump up into the 10 and 8 range. Um, Ryan, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this move? Were you surprised by the move, and, and do you think it's an upgrade?
2: Uh- Not surprised by the move. I thought that the Lions would sign a tackle. I was hoping that it was going to be Jack Conklin, who I think the Cleveland Browns got in a very team-friendly deal. Mm -hmm. With that being said, Vitae seems like the appropriate replacement level tackle type of play. And I don't want to say that he's anything spectacular because I don't think he is. I think he serves a very particular role in terms of his ability to Kind of maul in the run game, and beyond that, be an adequate pass blocker. So, I, I I think that I don't know if this is necessarily an upgrade over Rick Wagner. It's a it's a reshuffling of the deck, but I think that that was happening at quite a few positions along the offensive line. There's still a position that has yet to be filled. We'll um, get to it as, as, as we see fit. But yeah, um, as far as the tackles go, I mean, Vitai, it's uh, it's an adequate move from the adequate podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Eric, what are your thoughts on the, on the tackle swap? Uh,
3: I understand the, uh, the move. I understand because of what they're trying to accomplish. And that like Ryan said, in the ground and pound type run game, you're going to get more of that out of Vitae than you are going to get that out of Wagner. The like with the defensive line, you're gambling on a guy who has shown he can do it in spurts, but can he put it together as a starter? That's the big question mark. Obviously, they think he can, and that's why they gave him the money that they did. Even though it is a, re- it's a pretty reasonable deal, I think. It, could you call it better? I don't know because I think Rick Wagner was a balanced player, and he gave right. you there was a the like about him in a lot of aspects. Can you get that out of out of Itai? That's that's kind of a question mark right now. But from what they want to do as far as the run game. That is where the upgrade comes. You're getting a guy who's a better run blocker than uh, than Wagner was. And and I think that's really where they're prioritizing things right now.
1: And and just to be clear, we had a couple questions for the mailbag uh, about this. We all view Vitae as a tackle, right? You, I know the Eagles are trying to transition him to a guard before injuries and suspensions to kind of have them kick back out. But based on the contract, based on the line's needs, I think we all still view him as a tackle, correct?
0: I think yeah, so. I,
3: yeah uh, look the money says he's a tackle because they put money in tackles and money in the center and this is tackle money so that that says yeah i don't think they would they don't seem to want to give guards that type of uh income right now
1: well speaking of guards let's just jump right into it the lines did not add anything yes you teed (laughs) me up for the perfect segue (laughs) but then you just interrupted it and ruined it no um (laughs) lines didn't add a guard yet they they obviously let Graham Glasgow. So the question is, what the hell are they doing? Do they think they have their guy in Josh Garnett, who they added prior to free agency, a former first round pick who's been battling injuries and you know never really uh, had never really saw his career catch on. Are they going after a free agent like like Josh Klein, who just got released a couple of days ago? Are they going the the draft route in day two, day three? Ryan, what makes sense of, of what the lions are doing at guard?
2: I cannot make sense of it because I don't know <laughs> what's going on. Like they let Graham Glasgow go for what I thought was a reasonable contract. And
1: 44 million, they, 40, 40 years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that was a very reasonable deal for him to get on the open market. They clearly just do not value that position at that dollar amount, as Eric mentioned, you know, they'll, they'll pay for They'll pay for tackles. They'll pay high draft capital to get a center. You've never seen them do that for a guard, um, outside of, you know, TJ Lang. And that was, that was something that kind of fell into their lap and was a little bit, uh, was a little Maybe something
1: bit. They learned their lesson from too.
2: Yeah. It didn't work. Yeah. It didn't really work out work out so that's true that's true so um the guard position is just uh complete i mean who knows whatever it's bad it's not good it's not good at this point you want to at least have like some kind of backup plan i don't even want to call garnett like a backup plan
1: Yeah, i I think i'm with you there eric eric tell me what you're gonna do
3: I think their backup plan is Bo Benchal. and um, I think he is going to be at a minimum their Ode Abouche. and if he develops more, could be their Kenny Wiggins, which is also a guy they might bring back still. Uh. Um, to just I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> um, this is. This is just the way they value it, um, but. I, th- I believe the hopes are that, that Ben Chow will develop into, if into that third guard that can rotate. And then instead of adding a guy in free agency, like I, I th- assumed they were going to do, they may end up drafting one. And, um, there's some talent out there, but it's not a very deep pool of, uh, of guards, but there's some, there's some neat offensive linemen who can do some different things. And uh, it seems to me that, the guard that guard is going to be a little bit higher of a need i don't know if they would uh, hit it up earlier than the third round still just because like we said it's not something they put a whole lot of value in but they do have to do something um they can't go in with garnett and Benchal and and hope that that works because garnett as as talented as he was in college that and and as deserving as he was of earning that first round pick uh, he hasn't shown it. And this isn't a guy like the guys we've been talking about that had standout years over a year or two over the past couple of seasons. Garnett is not that guy. Garnett is a guy who was around for nothing because, you know, he has been pretty terrible in all honesty. Yeah. And so uh, if they're relying on Garnett, I, 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 that would be shocking to me even by the, standards that they've set with their uh, downgrading of guard position. Yeah.
1: And so I think we can all agree that guard has been a downgrade. Um, Hopefully they're not done and and maybe they can have a chance to, to get up to the level that Graham Glasgow was playing. But I, I think it'd be hard. They'd be hard pressed at this point to get an upgrade at the position. And we didn't even talk about left guard where they're putting a lot of faith in Joe Dahl, who has been a pretty average player. Um, But let's, let's wrap it up here. We're, We're getting towards the end of the segment. Offense overall. Has this gotten better? Has it gotten worse? Or is it about the same? Ryan.
2: Uh, I would say that the offense has gotten worse because there's still one leaky hole in the interior of the offensive line. And that has not been addressed yet. So um, I think that they are, they are worse for wear.
1: Fair enough, Eric.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I I think the loss of Graham Glasgow definitely makes this a a worse position, but I also think they're going to spend more draft capital on offense than we had previously allocated. So again, this is a spot where I think they're going to they're going to get better Uh, this offseason. They just haven't done it yet.
1: Yeah. I think the only way you could say that's offense has gotten better is if you want to play the mental gymnastic games of saying, well, Matthew Stafford only played like eight games last year. So by, by proxy, as long as he plays nine games, they've gotten better. Uh, yeah. But that's kind of cheating. Uh, I, I admonish Eric for playing that game last segment with the defense. So I'm not going that's to right. use it. This, yes, this, this defense, the offense <laughs> has definitely gotten a little bit worse. Um, but they could probably take the hit more so than the defense. So I understand some of the moves overall. I get it, and that's it. That's that's where we are with the the offense and the defense. Kind of minor improvement, maybe on defense. Minor slash major deep, deep improvement. What's what's the word I'm looking
3: for? <laughs> Downgrade. Whatever.
1: Uh, maybe got a little bit worse on offense.
3: Yeah, and I think what people need to keep in mind though is that this is just a week into free agency. They've got several other weeks to add to this and the draft, they've got nine players and four of them are going to play significant roles based on what we've seen from previous draft classes with Quinn. So um, they're, they're slightly down right now, but there's, there's room to go up very quickly.
1: That's a nice little bow on it. And with that, we're going to head off to the mailbag. So stick around. We're going to answer your questions next with Eric Schlitt from Lions Wire. Stick with us. Mail time. Mail time.
3: Here's the mail. It never
0: fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail.
1: Mail, mail time. Hashtag ask POD any time of the week. Throw it in our Twitter with that hashtag. We'll answer it right now on the POD cast every Sunday night. Let's just jump right into it. We got a ton of questions today, and uh I'm excited about all of them. Let's start from our comment section at Pride of Detroit from C Monstar. He asked. Any big moves left, or are we done until the draft? I would like to see a mid-level, established cornerback too, or a guard pickup. Do you think? Do either of you think that's a position that they may address in the remaining free agency? Cornerback, starting guard.
2: I, I don't think that in free agency they get either of those things. I don't think yeah. that Logan Ryan is a possibility. I don't think, I don't think that signing a guard is a possibility either. I don't think like Klein or anything like that. It's either I think that they're gonna address both of those things in the draft.
1: Eric, you could kind of have a, a good hold on where they are in terms of the money. Um, yeah. Can they afford to make another big move? Um, is there um, a, maybe another starter out there that the Lions can get on either side of the ball?
3: The only guy that really jumps out to me is uh ronald darby the uh, mm. philadelphia cornerback he has a history with uh Undeland, but he's also has a pretty long injury history right. i think you could construct a contract with him that is based on him being healthy and you could give him some pretty heavy incentives if he's able to stay healthy but if you make those bonuses like uh likely to be achieved or not likely to be achieved you can push the cap hit off of this year because he didn't play a lot last year. Right. So those game check bonuses that you get, you're not going to have to pay him a lot of that up front. So I think Darby is a guy where because of his injury history and because of the way that Quinn likes to do these contracts, he could be a guy that gives you insurance he could push OUR OURA to start. And now if Chase Young is available at three, you don't feel like you absolutely have to get a cornerback in the top 100 picks because you could then challenge OURA and Darby to, to challenge for that outside spot. That makes some sense to me. Um, I don't know if they'll do it because I don't know how heavily they want to put money into an, an insurance plan. But that's something I would think long and hard about if I were Lyons. I'm surprised
1: you didn't say Corrier, your, your buddy, your Jack linebacker. Well, the future.
3: I, I, I like him a ton and I, I would like to get him, but I, I thought we were just focused on guard and, uh, and, and corner. Yeah. If we could get Corrier, um that softens the need to fill that hybrid linebacker role that we talked about in the first segment of the podcast where um, I would, de- I would, that would be my priority. One would be to go after him.
1: Nice. All right, let's move on to the next question. This one's for you and me, Ryan, so pay attention.
3: I'm paying attention.
1: From Son of Spartacus. Uh, He has plans for a virtual draft party. Let's thumb our collective noses at the coronavirus and plan to watch the 2020 player selection process as a community. Now, my plans for the draft are very much up in the air right now because normally I would go into Allen Park, but I don't know if Allen Park is going to be open in a month. I I kind of get a feeling it probably won't be spoiler. It won't. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it will. So I am a hundred percent down with a Twitch, a live Twitch for the draft.
2: That would be fun. I would have a lot of fun with that. I think we should do that.
1: All right. So tentatively planned right Right here, Twitch draft party on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit.
2: What if we just got a bunch of guests too? Like
1: I, just- I want I want a full panel. I want I, everyone I want on Pride of Detroit here. I want a nine person box. I,
2: I want I want <laughs> Eric Schlitt to call in at one point though. I want to do I want to do around the clock Truman show
3: style coverage for the <laughs> We'll see. I, I would join once I got my articles done. Once I got my team out and got my, uh, luck, luckily we, uh, we draft so early, but yeah, once I got my articles, I, I I'd come in, I'd join you.
1: He's will in. I decorate the living room. I will put up the pride of Detroit flag somewhere. How about that? I won't do anything else. I'm sorry. I'm too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Next question. Uh, we were talking a little bit about this. Um, if chase young falls to three from J Jones, one sixty four what cornerback are you realistically praying for Detroit to take in the second round? Or is there a cheap free agent available out there? You see, seeing sign? we'll skip the free agent part since we just addressed that. So if the lions take chase young at three, if he's there and they take him, Ryan, who's a cornerback later in the draft that the lions could get? Because it, this is a good question because I think everyone is putting their eggs in the Okuda basket. No one's really talking about other potential options at cornerback. And there are obviously Okuda's CB one by a pretty large margin, but who else is out there? Eric, let's throw it to you.
3: Yeah, the big, uh, the big question mark is there's a collective pool of, of corners after a CUDA, and there's not a whole lot that's separating them. The guys that I think fit the line system the best are uh, Trayvon Diggs from Alabama, uh, Christian Fulton from LSU. And, um, maybe Jalen Johnson from Utah, maybe even AJ Terrell from, from Clemson. In my mind, it's, it's between Diggs and Fulton. If you say, all right, who's the next best guy uh, that Akuta is not there, uh, Fulton or, or Diggs would be the, the priority for, uh, for me.
1: Ryan, you got a preference? You got a guy you like?
2: Um, I do like a lot of those names. Diggs was the first name that really <clears throat> kind of, jumped off the page for me when I was looking at cornerbacks, um, especially with his ability to play man and play press and his, his willingness to, um, you know, play up and and run defense and things like that. But um, maybe another name would be Jeff Gladney from TCU. Um, That might be a possibility as well, but um, there isn't anybody who's like Jeff Okuda. That's the thing is that Jeff Okuda is clear, far and away the best cornerback that's in the draft. And uh, if you don't get him, then you are settling for something less.
3: My comp for Gladney, by the way, does mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Perfect.
1: All right. There we go. All right. All right. Well, oddly enough, we got basically a question that was the inverse of that one from Reese Evans. He asked, assuming the lines take a at three, which edge players do you see as a good scheme fit beyond the first round? Eric, I know you're all over this one. You got a bunch that you like. (laughs) I'm going to, so I'm going to throw it to Ryan first. Yeah.
2: Let me, let me, let me get one name out so that um, I'm I'm sure Eric can uh, corroborate it, but I'll, I'll give the obvious one, which I think makes a lot of sense. And I think if he's at 35, probably a no brainer pick, but AJ Epinesa, I think at Mm -hmm. 35, he would be, he would be somebody that the Lions would be running to the podium to, to turn in their card and get him at 35 um and then another another guy is somebody who they fell in love with at the senior bowl who you, maybe you can get on day 3 potentially but Bradley and A so those those are my those are my two guys
3: yeah if happiness is there at 35 i agree with you they you run to the podium because he is a bigger version of Trey Flowers in so many ways he's he's not as uh twitched up or as athletic as some of the other um rushers in this class but the lions wouldn't want him to be they would want him and uh, and um, flowers to both switch between uh defensive end and the three technique and both of them can can play both spots and it would be a very entertaining uh defensive line group by if he were able to add him at 35 or maybe. If you trade back and you acquire a little bit more capital, and, and if he slides, maybe you trade back up in the first to go get him because he's a guy who could, who could be a game changer. Um, and he's my number two after Chase Young, uh, for sure. He's got top 15 talent on, uh, on film. And uh, he's a guy that the Lions would absolutely love. Uh, you know, he's got everything that they want, comes out of Iowa, got the size, the length, it's just everything. But yeah, I agree with Anai. I don't think Anai slides all the way to day three, but I think in the third round, you could grab him. He's another guy who in a lot of ways, like Romeo Aquar is probably going to be a down defensive end first, but has the ability to play the Jack position as well. You're losing a little bit of arm length out of him, but he wins by understanding leverage and he understands how to use his arm length. And then, um, those are the main, I guess, edge rushers. But then there's a whole slew of those hybrid guys that we've talked about before, like Josh Uche, uh, Zach Vaughn, and Curtis Weaver, who, we, who we've who we talked about as those kind of hybrid guys who can play the edge and play and drop into coverage. I think all six of those guys would be uh, fun uh, in this Lions defense.
1: Next question comes from Critical Perspective in our comment section. This one he directed straight towards me. He says, uh, I know you're you, – I, basically, I put out on Twitter that I think people who criticize the Lions for signing too many Patriots free agents are being lazy in their analysis. He says, but let's test that to the limit. How many ex-Patriots would the Lions have to sign before you got annoyed? 20, 15, 40? <laughs> I would say – they would have to so is it it it's the falcons right that have 10 of their 11 starters on offense or first round picks if 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 10 of the 11 starters on either side of the ball were patriots i might be a little bit annoyed that's my that's my Um all right, we're just that was a silly one. Yeah, I got another so silly one that I'm going to yeah. Here's one that you can all answer that's a silly one. Also a little bit rude but whatever. Uh what reality TV show would Matt Patricia go on once he's fired? <laughs> Eric, I know you're you're a very nice guy. You don't have to answer this the, one if you don't want to. The
3: only reality show that I watch is uh survivor so uh that's it man i I think it would be entertaining to watch him on that but um i don't know a lot of these other oh i know american ninja warrior i don't think he'd do well there though but the rest i don't really i don't watch those i would absolutely (laughs) watch him on american ninja warrior it'd be five seconds long he'd fall right in the water man i i know that's not a knock on him i would fall right in the water too so uh yeah it's it's just uh that's a I don't know the rest of them. Sorry. (laughs) Ryan, you got an
1: answer?
2: Uh, Do they film the Jerry Springer show anymore? (laughs) I don't think so.
1: (laughs) Maybe. I know for a while they gave his his bodyguard a show. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. What was his name? I forgot his name. Steve? Steve, Steve? it was Steve. (laughs) Eric, I did not know who to think you'd be the one to know that one. (laughs) I got a lot of random
2: <laughs> stuff up here. <laughs> uh, I don't know why he would be at the Springer show, but probably for you know.
1: He doesn't tend of, uh, to draw drama.
2: Do you think he would probably tell one man to suck into another man's privates? Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> the correct answer is Lego Master, so he can finally learn how to build something. Anyways, uh, let's move <laughs> on to the next question.
2: <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: what nose tackle in the second round or later could Detroit's could be Detroit's Richard che- Seymour or Vince Wilfork. First of all, do you think they can get a nose tackle or do you think they're okay with Shelton?
3: Eric. I guess I'll go since Ryan's yeah. got his hands over. His face. Um, I, uh, I do think that they could add a nose tackle who can also branch out at to defensive tackle. I, I like, think they like John Atkins, but John Atkins is basically a nose tackle and that's it. He can play the one technique the zero and that's, that's the extent of his, whereas Shelton can play the one to three, the zero. Um, the two guys that stand out the most to me are Lee I Foto out of Utah and, uh, and, um, and Hamilton from Ohio state, uh, Devon Hamilton from Ohio state. They're both, um, big guys who have played the nose, but can also play some, uh, some three and they remind me of Shelton in in some ways. Uh, Hamilton was with the lions at senior bowl. And I could imagine both of those guys being, if they're there on, uh, with the fourth round pick, I could see either of them ending up uh, as a lion. All
1: right. Next question. This is a fun one. What for and this comes from devoted to Detroit on Twitter. Uh, what former Lion would you want to add to the current roster in their prime? So this, this is a former Lion in their prime. Who would you add to this roster? Barry Sanders is off the board. Ryan.
2: Andre Levy. Oh, okay. Yeah. They need linebacker help so bad.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine DeAndre Levy and Matt Patricia in the same room?
2: Uh, no, probably. Probably. <laughs> <good. laughs> It's like nope. explosion. <laughs> yeah.
1: Talent wise makes sense. <laughs> Personality wise, he wouldn't last a second. Who would? <laughs> <laughs> there are some superstars. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Trey Flowers.
2: <laughs>
1: Eric, what's your answer
3: to this one? Um, I mean, uh, immediately the first name that came to mind after Barry was off the table is Billy Sims, right? Um, he's one of the next best guys, but maybe, um, maybe Charlie Sanders, right? Maybe Mm Len Barney. These are some really historically good players that, uh, would be fun to watch. And, um, I think their games were so good that they could still play in, in today's style of NFL. Do you, know
2: who who w- do you know who wouldn't get cussed out by Matt Patricia for not knowing uh, <laughs> when Ford Field was first erected? What's that? Eric, Eric Schlitt. <laughs> <laughs> he just took us down like the most like historical players in Lions <laughs> franchise history. Charlie Sanders and Len Barney are ghosts.
1: Well, here's the thing. If you want DeAndre Levy, who will get along with Matt Patricia, you, Chris Spielman.
2: Perfect. Sure. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's probably the best answer. Um,
1: I w- the thing is when I first read this question, I'm like, all right, well, obviously, let's get like a premier pass rusher, and I'm like, God, I don't know if Lions have ever had one. Like, Robert Porsche is probably Robert the closest. Yeah. And and I don't know if I would say Porsche. Calvin's obviously a really good answer, too. Um, <laughs> D- Darius Slay is another <laughs> answer from chat. <laughs> <laughs> Herman,
2: Herman Moore.
1: Herman Moore
2: would be Uh, Golden (laughs) Tate.
1: Quandary Diggs. No. Uh, All right. Let's. uh, We got two more questions here. Let's start. We haven't talked to any special teams. That's by design because special team sucks. But I will. (laughs) I will uh, entertain our comment section. NRS 001 asks, how early would you be comfortable drafting a punter?
2: Uh, Around. Six. Higher or
1: lower, Eric? Are the same. Five. You'll take a five. Ooh. They got a couple of fives, right?
3: Uh they traded one away for uh, Harmon.
1: Oh. But the, they didn't get yeah. one back. But they got they one got back. With,
3: track. But they
1: got a fifth for the uh, the the, the slate
3: trade. The slate trade. Oh, that's right. That's right. You're right. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Either one of those fists A six is even better, of course, but yeah, I I could see them taking uh, a fifth rounder and getting the guy that they want. Quinn has this habit with these special teams players where, he takes them slightly ahead of where most people traditionally take them because then he gets to pick the first one. He's like in fantasy football. He's the first, he would be the first guy to take a defense or first guy to take a kicker because he wants that specific guy. Right. So that's why I think fifth would is uh, where I'm expecting him to maybe draft a a punter.
1: Brian, on a level on a scale of one to 10, how mad are you when they take a punter in the fifth?
2: Ooh, I am 0% mad because it's the fifth round. Oh, so you
1: would take a punter the fifth. Got him. You
2: no, lied, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's where I draw the line in the sand.
1: <laughs> All right, last question. There are a couple free, big free agent names out there, and everyone wants to know if the Lions are going to take a shot at them. Everson Griffin of the Vikings, Davion Clowney. Is there any chance the Lions go after either of these guys?
3: Ryan.
2: No. <laughs> okay, Eric <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: Griffin, possibly, but I still think he's going to cost more than they want to spend. He'd be a lot of fun, uh, but I worry about his locker room. I worry about his ability um, to mesh with the with the coaching staff and price tag. All kind of point to probably a, a no for for Griffin as well. Even though I, I don't, I think Clowney's twenty million takes him off the board, right?
1: Probably. All right. And we've reached the end of the mailbag, which means we've reached the end of the podcast. Eric Schlitt from Lions Wire. Thank you so much for joining us. You have the floor for 30 seconds to promote whatever the <laughs> hell you want. What's coming up on uh, at Lions Wire this week? It's it, We're about to hit a little in free agency. We're all desperate for content right now. What can they find <laughs> at, at Lions Wire this week?
3: Um, Today I dropped an article resetting like the roster and, uh, and, uh, tomorrow, or and like in, in what free agents they might be interested in. And uh, tomorrow morning, I have an article coming out about uh, the needs. I'm refreshing where I think the, they're going to focus the, their draft and, and the rest of free agency. And then I'm going to be digging into how adding these specific guys changes their, um, their roster formation, talking a lot about the, the similar things we've talked about on the podcast tonight. Uh, those are the main things and then we'll see what happens after that Um, like you said they could add a few more guys this week probably not any big splashes but we'll have to be ready for those too so check out
1: eric stuff at lineswire.com also check him out on twitter at eric schlitt that's e-i-r-k-s-c-h-l-i-t-t right you give me a weird face I know how to tell it. I thought you said E-I. I thought you spelled Eric wrong at first, but... <laughs> I don't think I did, but there's a very good chance I did because who knows, this is live and I'm not recording it. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. Thank you all for listening. Please stay safe out there and go Lions. We'll see you next week.